This is the intro, this is the intro, this is the intro to the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza! I am hot as fuck, though. I mean, don't brag or whatever, goddamn. Uh, I mean, I just it's hot in here, even though the heat is not. Take your clothes off, swish around your head just like a helicopter. Am I right, Puma? Tim? Get naked. North Carolina. Come on and raise it. Take your shirt off. Switch it right your head just like your helicopter. How are you guys? What just happened? <laughs> Early 2000s rap. That's oh. right. Oh, God. You either are hip or you're hop. You're, or you're hippie to the hop. To the hip, hip, hop. To the hip, tip. You don't stop. To hop. A rocket to the bang bang boogie. Set up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Does you... the boogie ever stop? No. Scooby the bebop. We rock the Scooby Doo. And guess what? America, we love you. Oh, sorry. I'm really happy my wife is in the other room right now. Wow. Because <laughs> she'd have got lit. La Ferrara to Jamba yeah, Juice. make fun of people. all of you for the, the whitest. <laughs> First off. Oh, don't worry. When the episode comes up, wait, she doesn't listen to this. Never mind. That's right. <laughs> Only Billy and I listen. I to think our sometimes, podcast. sometimes she does. Okay, Just tell her that the whitest people she knows attempted something <laughs> awful. The whitest people she knows are her own family, and then Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating chicken and rice. That's crazy. Yeah, we can tell you're still eating. What kind of chicken? What kind of rice? I don't know how to answer that question. What do you mean? Did you? All right. So did it, is it? Just he didn't know the chicken rice, personal. and is it just plain boiled fried chicken? Like how'd you cook the chicken? Do you put seasoning on it? Is it, is it brown rice, white rice, yellow rice? Did you make some fried rice? Goddamn! Is it I, gumbo I shrimp, season, barbecue shrimp, I'm tell you. popcorn shrimp? You can do a lot I of season, things with shrimp. I seasoned the chicken. Well, first I covered it in olive oil because I needed to get it good wet and get it. Then I. Uh, Covered it in, not covered it, but I put a good amount of Greek seasoning on it, so salt, cumin. Uh, Then I put the put the chicken in the oven for a while, and while that was going on, I just made some regular rice, used a little bit of salt and butter to get it good and southern, fluffy. Uh, And then I set it aside while it did its thing, and then in another bowl uh, or in another pot, I had garlic and onion going. I seasoned it with oregano and a little bit of paprika. Uh, Hold on, what, some... what was that last one? Paprika. I've never heard it pronounced that way. Well, how is it? Am I, I, I could very well be pronouncing it wrong. I'm not... I've always heard it called paprika, not paprika. Uh, whatever it is. The hot shit. <laughs> put that on. <laughs> I, I cut up some, uh, so we have some carrots. and we have a, For some reason, we have a bunch of jalapenos, so I was like, I'll put a jalapeno in there, too. So I cut up a jalapeno and do it in. Nice, uh, man. I took the seeds out, though, because I wanted to be too hot since I already put the paprika in there. <laughs> <laughs> then I just uh, I put in a little bit of uh, chicken broth uh, to get a little bit of extra chicken flavor in there. Got it good and hot and going. Uh, soaked up most of the chicken broth with the rice. Slow, pulled out the chicken, shredded it up, threw it in, put it all mixed together. Get good. Why does Billy sound like early 2000s NPR? <laughs> Welcome to Thoughts for Your Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Parks and Rec uh, reference. Everybody. 
That reminds yeah. me. <laughs> and Booker's hanging out with me because he doesn't like to let Liz eat, so I'm going to give it back to you know, her when, no, that's when good. she finishes. Oddly enough, he lets me eat fine. Oh. Man, I have so many games on here that I've like gotten either for games with gold or I bought on sale and I have not played yet. It's half of mine. And I need to. And these are just the ones that I have downloaded. I know there are more that I don't. Uh, not just on here, but on my PlayStations. It's like, I got the Silent Hill HD collection, which is like Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill 3, because I never played those. And I was like, ah, I'm down for that. I got Brothers, which I've heard is really good. I got a Plague Tale. Uh, I got the, the Batman the Enemy Within that was on Games with Gold months ago and still haven't played. Uh, made of what is it? What is the new game? Games with gold game. Made of Skyer skier. Is she a skier? Let's see. What all do I have on here? Actually, this is that, that's just like what I have downloaded. Uh, now I'm looking through the games to see what I have not played. So, Assassin's Creed Three, destroy all humans. Haven't played it. Uh, Castlevania: Lords of Shadows One and Two. Have not have not played them. Dragon Age Origins I played, but I wasn't into. Maybe there's something wrong with me for that. But Meh. I was uh, the biggest Dreamfall chapter. Dragon Age fan. Fable. Ninja Gaiden three. Limbo I have played. I actually because I knew I could get through that one quickly. How low did you go? Uh, I mean, I so low. <laughs> I was alone, so they called me solo. Fool this man! No! Well, I mean, I had to say it because, you know, everybody was going to wonder, how did I get that name? No one was going to wonder. Literally no one. People were just like, oh, it was his dad's last name. And then they were like, no, it's not that. Dude, don't start this episode with me shitting on Star Wars. <laughs> because what did Wars. you guys think of the second episode of The Mandalorian? Wait, are we talking for real? I thought we were just fucking around for a bit before we started the episode. No, oh, no, we, we always start. We always start immediately, and I'll I'll choose where to do a hard cut at the beginning. Okay. Did you not listen to the last episode, my dudes? No, 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 no. We, no, I did listen to it. I actually listened to it, and the thing that I thought was the funniest thing was you actually took all of our. <laughs> from the opening and you sprinkled it throughout the episode and it made me laugh every time I'm when glad. one of us would go <gasps> or that's crazy <laughs> that's my third that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah man as soon as that happened as soon as i set it aside to edit to sit I just, on the ground i just cut that you, that you put whole section and well, it I was took like that every whole five section. Yeah, I took that whole section, set it aside, and then like every now and again, I just go pull one from it and go plop. <laughs> it was one of my favorite things. It well, kept I'm, me listening because of it. I'm glad. Sir. I was like, oh god, where are they gonna put these? Oh yeah, there's all the games with gold stuff that I have. <laughs> man, I'm on my third. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. <laughs> this guy all right seriously what are you talking about now we're talking about mandalorian Come yeah we're on. talking about the mandalorian we're done with you just oh, reading oh, off wait, a we list have, of oh, right. we have to we have to talk about mandalorian yeah <laughs> oh okay i thought i was i was the co-host of the show so i just no <laughs> okay. well, that's fine 
Whatever. Nobody wants to list, listen to you read a boring list of games you own and haven't played. <laughs> here's a game I didn't play, and this is also a game I didn't play. And here is another <laughs> game I didn't play. I heard this and... game was good. I'm not going to play it. And now on to the PlayStation games. <laughs> but seriously, The Mandalorian, what'd you guys think? It was fine. It That's was fine. A, yeah. I, I actually went online specifically to see what the general feeling on it was, because, you know, it's a, it's a relatively new episode. But <coughs> everyone loves to do their hot takes, and the general consensus is... That better be the worst episode of the season. And I'm just like, God damn, where is your bar? I don't understand. Yeah, it's like people, I think, especially because the first season was as good as it was, probably that people have this, like, oh my God, this was only okay? Fuck you. And that's the thing, for me, there's a worse episode in the fucking first season than that one, so I I don't understand why people are kind of like, it was just all right. And I'm like, what do you want? Well, I think people have been trained that when an episode ends with a tease of Boba Fett, that the next episode you're going to see something from other TV shows. Obviously, I, I never, this, this is I different with the, with the Mandalorian. all those other TV shows that end with a cameo of Boba Fett? No, no, but I mean, in general, like, I'm, well, I'm, 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 th- I'm saying more... Uh, uh, serialistic. Hey, the first you know, season had a cameo of Boba Fett, and that went nowhere. True, but I mean more Game well, of we Thrones type stuff. we were never sure stuff. that it was Boba Fett. I mean more that they're, they're, I think people are looking for a more consistent episode-to-episode story where The Mandalorian, to me, has always just felt like a live-action cartoon series. I do think that they that this was not a good second episode. I think it's a fine episode. It could have been four. I think the way they did last season where like the first three were sort of one all contained story and then you had a couple little uh you know, little side adventures and then another chunk that kinda of dealt with the main plot and then a side adventure and then the last two kind of went together. I think it would have been better if we would have had two like a two hour two part one and two that went together and then give us this episode, I think that would have been better. Um, well, they did want to start with a more of a standalone episode. And I don't believe that this episode was standalone. I think that the next episode is going to continue this thread with and, the, uh, the frog lady and her eggs. Maybe. So I can't really judge this episode too harshly until I see the conclusion of that story and where it's going in the next one. Yeah. But based on the strength of this one alone, I really enjoyed the episode just for the the peril that they were in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. They were always oh, in danger of something happening to them, which I thought was really good. That the tension was always kept high. So I was I was I was properly entertained. And the baby um, agrees with me. The child has spoken, this is the way. Um, I, uh, where I go, he goes. I did love seeing those little spiders, um, because, uh, it made me think of Coder again with the goddamn crystal caves and the spiders (laughs) and, 
This is just a KOTOR season, isn't it? It does feel that way. And and I, I don't... It's been so long since I really played. Both Tatooine and the Underworld were my least favorite. And I think that's why I didn't pick up on the Tatooine stuff um, to begin with. But, like, I immediately thought of the fish people from Knights of the Old Republic with the frog lady. Mm. Oh, yeah. Can't talk yeah. either, yeah. Yeah, and so... Yeah. um. I did like how, like, halfway through them fleeing that thing, she just switched to, like, running on all fours. Oh, really, yeah, when she started hopping. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I really liked I, how I they laughed. did that. It was, it was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. Um, do we think Baby Yoda is trending to the dark side with the eating of eating the of babies? The eggs. <laughs> eating, no. eating the frog lady caviar. <laughs> I think that that was meant... To be dark humor, yeah, and and that's it. That's the that's the most of it. At first, I thought they were doing a thing where Baby Yoda was uh, eating all the eggs, and then the eggs in the container were going to die, and then she was gonna be like, "Oh no, my babies are dead!" And then Baby Yoda was just gonna vomit up like eight eggs. And I was be thinking like, no, the see, same thing. I was they were the they were thing. safe the whole time, but. It seems like with that episode, they're like, no, he straight up murdered those eggs. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But it 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 is adorable murder. Um, he gets away with it because he doesn't know any better. Yeah, and we saw him eat he's frogs. Fifty years old. Yeah, that's true. We did see him eat eat frogs. He's fifty years old in Baby Yoda years, though. Uh huh. Yeah, that'll hold up in court. Yeah, fifty year old man ate this man this person's babies. He doesn't Your know any better. Do we know he's a man? I have no idea with Baby Yoda. Also, if you word it that way, of course it sounds bad of like eight babies, but what did he really eat? Caviar's <laughs> eggs. I rest my case, eggs. Your Honor. <laughs> Boom. Throw this out. Actually, I thought that was the best capper to the episode. Just after a while, you just, your, your Mando falls asleep and then just. Right from underneath his little baby Yoda robes, one more egg. He goes, <laughs> that was the. I loved it. I loved that episode from beginning to end. And to me, I'm like, if you've never seen the show, I think it's an all right standalone-ish enough episode where you could show someone that and like, this is generally the tone of this show. That's a weird yeah. place to start, though. I don't know why. So you know, it, it's funny when I think about you know, back in the day. Uh, of, you know, if you happen to randomly catch an episode of a show on TV because that was the only way. Yeah. yeah but now it's like, who the hell is like, I'm going to start with episode two, season two of The Mandalorian, and if it's good, I'm going to keep with it and start over, but if it's not, uh, that just seems so random to me. Mm-hmm. But 100%, there are people out there whose first episode of The Mandalorian was season two, episode two. I would... It's got to be very few. It's it, the only way I can see that scenario making sense is if they're like, you know, hey man, what are you doing? Oh, I'm about to watch the episode of the Mandalorian, and then we can go. Oh, cool! I never really watched this show, but I'll watch it with you. And scene. Well, I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna break down everything that that I think this episode has that like really is working for it. I mean, you have the dog fight with the X wings, which was spectacular. <laughs> Which was spectacular. And then the crash scene with, you know, like crashing into a friggin' ice planet. And then sinking into an ice planet after he loses the X-Wings. 
and then finding a spider cave, and then the X-Wings coming back to save them from the spiders, all the while Baby Yoda keeps accidentally murdering <laughs> Baby Frogs. Like, I, I don't know. I, I felt like that episode kept me engaged the whole time. I don't think there was ever a, a really a down moment or any kind of, like, any time I mean, that it dragged. When you put it that way, that if I if I hadn't seen the episode, that would make me want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note: I haven't seen the episode, and I still need to watch it. Because <laughs> to me, guy. that sounds like you could. If this was a worse show, that would be two separate episodes. Yeah, I and then probably. it would just be filler all over the place. This this episode really didn't have any filler. It was all filler. Until we see the next episode, we don't know. I was that. gonna say, how do you know for sure? Because sometimes, yeah. like, there's the little things, you know. Uh, I'm with you, Tim. You, how do you know that the <laughs> that certain characters aren't going to come back in? Because there are episodes, you know, of the first season that were, you know, the stories themselves didn't really have anything to do with the overall plot, but certain characters made comebacks and showed yeah, up I'll, again. I'll tell you what the the episode I think is the worst of the series. It's the Tatooine episode from season one. Nothing happens of consequence in that whole episode. And there's a whole lot of just sitting and looking around. None of those characters are important. Most of them die. The only character that came back was Amy Sedaris as the mechanic. And that's yeah, about it. It's an okay episode. It's not bad, but yeah. I'd I say... wouldn't say it's bad, but I'm saying like people are like, this is the weakest of the series. you know. Like, And I'm like, it opens with an X-Wing dog fight in yeah. the first ten minutes. Uh, no, I, I know what you mean, and it, 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 shows like this at least have an advantage of like. You ever watch a filler episode of an anime show, and it's yep. very clear that it's filler, and you're like, "Oh yeah. God, yep, we skip this for eight episodes." I don't feel that Frieza way. Is going to stare year. at Goku menacingly. I was going to say every episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> That's the thing, though, with a show like this, like even filler episodes. I'm like, it's fun. I like it. Well, you know, I, it's I the thing like I like. A good filler episode, honestly, in any show. Uh, it's funny because filler can either be great for a TV show because you get a you get this chance to usually get to know characters in a way that you normally don't because you're so busy dealing with a plot. You know, you don't really have time to go into a, a, a ton of who a character is, depending on the kind of show it is. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, then on the other hand, you have to have filler episodes where you're like, oh, well, why, why are we doing this right now? This, this is boring. I'm bored. I've always, uh, I've always um, taken to um, uh, Tim's whole thing because he, uh, it's how he pl- would plot out stories. And it was based off of uh, shows that he watched where if you're going to bring up plot heavy stuff in an episode, you need to have a softer, maybe funny or comedic or just a lighter episode before that to let it punch harder and if you're coming off of a long arc of serious stuff you need a lighter more less plot heavy like story to kind of decompress the audience a little bit before you go into the next big thing so i'm like after the after that first episode i'm i'm really okay with just a let's do an offshoot adventure where we go to an ice planet with spiders and stuff i'm like cool i'm cool with that if if none of this Yeah, if none of this has anything to do with the main story, I'm totally fine with that because these first two episodes have been like, especially if you if you just watched the last two episodes of last season, going into this, 
those are really heavy two episodes. <laughs> there was just all death and explosions and Mando bleeding out at one point and stuff. And I'm like, his first two episodes being like on the you more get to see his face. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you too. Actually, hold on, hold on, hold on, Billy, hold on. I will say that I do like that this that the ice planet was just a random ice planet and not Ilium, like I first suspected it was. Because <laughs> I fully, I fully was like, oh yeah, they're definitely on Ilium. He's definitely gonna pick out his lightsaber color crystal right now. <laughs> it's gonna be a weird baby thing, but it's cool. It's fine. I've been there. I've walked this place. I know it. I didn't like that video game, <laughs> but I there. recognize all of this from the cartoon. And so I was happy that it wasn't Ilium. Though it could have been a, a, a lightsaber crystal cave with those spiders. I'm just saying. Because whenever you found lightsaber crystals, you found those spiders. And if you killed those spiders, sometimes you got a red lightsaber crystal. I'm just saying. <laughs> I thought he was going to pull one out of there. I was like, oh, shit. Baby Yoda go about to be Darth Yoda or whatever. Or Darth Yaddle. It could be a lady. Darth Yaddle? Darth I was Yaddle. just about to say. Uh, have you heard the tale of Darth Yaddle? It's not a story <laughs> the Jedi would tell you. Or anyone. It's, it's kind of boring. It's not and it kind of meanders in the middle of it. <laughs> just kind of trails off at the end. Also, I love the whole... Um, obviously, the, because uh, John wrote the... Uh, John Favreau wrote the episode... Yeah, I have a feeling like he was like every parent with the uh, Baby Yoda scene where he goes off and finds those eggs. Because he's like, yep, you leave your toddler alone and they just wander off and they eat a spider and awaken a whole cave of spider. <laughs> because that's what toddlers do. And it's like, John, where have you been hanging out? I I'm just going to say, if I have a child and they eat a spider and kick off a spider riot, riot such as the one that happened... Mm -hmm. uh, I'm leaving your little ass there, my dude. Billy, weigh in. <laughs> he hasn't seen it. Billy hasn't yeah, seen no, it? Yeah, no, but I have Yeah, a he child, literally so. said he hasn't seen it. Because he's oh. the worst co-host. I'm oh, taking man. applications in I've case either today. of you Look, guys are interested. I, I have spent my day watching my child. I had to go to the DMV. You're crazy. I like you. But you're uh, crazy, man. Oh, well, no. Don't worry, we'll I cut mean, this out so it's not yeah. evidence of your <laughs> yeah. court of law. This is incriminating evidence, <laughs> you Jesus idiot. Christ. Billy, just fucking about to be Robert Durst on the Poet and Billy podcast. Blah, blah, so I murdered him. Blah, blah. Anyway, what did President I did have a question I wanted to ask. It? What was your question, Billy? So I I have an issue with the first season of The Mandalorian, and it's a small thing. It's not. Did you hold on? For our first question is: Did you watch the whole season of The Mandalorian? Yes, I did. Just checking. Yeah. Uh, and I but I want to get Mike and Tim's opinion on this because it bugged me. So we open up the the season with the antagonist who is uh, what's his face? What's the what's the Herner Warzog? Herner Warzog. And then, you know, he's essentially, for the entire first season, he is the antagonist. He is after the baby, and okay. For the first eight episodes, yes. Which is, like, the entire season. Exactly. Yeah. So, then, for this guy that we've, known, you know, we've seen in a few episodes, it's not like, I'll admit, at least he doesn't pop up in, like, every episode or anything, but he's there more than any other, you know, nameless bad guy. Right. Uh, 
Then he just gets like slaughtered, just like he's nothing. And then suddenly here is the real bad guy. And the last, like, in the last, really, like, the last episode, the end of, like, the second to last episode, he shows up. And then, like, right. And he knows really, everything. Yeah. I'm like, what? Who the fuck is this guy? And now, don't get me wrong, I love that actor. I'm down for him being the bad guy. But from a story perspective, I'm like, who the fuck is this? Why have we spent a season with talking about this dude? And then you just off him like he's nobody. And then now we're here with some other guy who's essentially taking his place. Because Werner Herzog is a director and he's probably busy. No. That's <laughs> fine. Then don't put him on the fucking show. Cost so much. Well, you got to put him in the show because he's amazing. But I mean, it's not, role, it's not like we didn't get three movies where two movies they talked about the Emperor and one movie they kind of showed him via a hologram and in the third movie they just killed him off. I'm not talking about the movies. I'm talking about the show. And Well, I'm not. I'm saying there's a precedent set in universe. That's true. Let, let's okay. No jokes. We'll 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 weigh in with our opinions. Timmy, what what's your opinion on the Werner Herzog thing? If I didn't like Gus Fring in Breaking Bad, I would absolutely hate that ending. Right? Because he did just Again, come out of nowhere. A, this is a minor thing to me. I'm only bringing it up because it's the one thing that really stuck out to me out of like it, it's a legitimate other, thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're not for crazy. The most part, for I love the first season. Yeah. I thought it was great. But this is just like one thing that I'm like, uh, this is weird. He was quickly dispatched. We haven't seen him since. If you're going to end a season with him like that, showing up, I'm the new big bad, it would be cool if it bled into this season. And the next episode of season two was like, here's Gus Fring and he's after you. Yeah, and yeah if but I, I think was... that's part of the problem. I think that's part of the problem people will have generally with this. <laughs> episode is that we have been so trained to have like these one continuous stories that we're not used to this sort of broken up story where it picks up midway although this one picks up with him still driving back from what the last adventure or whatever but like how the previous one for no reason yeah yeah (laughs) the thing i'm worried about and it's the thing that i was worried about when that happened in season one and i'm worried about it happening in this season and the next season is i i think he's a he's a series arc villain and he's going to show up periodically to just mess with the characters but he's going to be a bit of a next time gadget type villain And that's what I'm worried about the most, because if I was show running this and I was like, this is the new big bad. And the, the only reason why I was okay with how he made his entrance in the first season at the end was it was such an entrance and it was so impressive and it was way over the top. And I was like, okay, here's some, here's a guy with a lot of personality. He's really, he's very sure of himself. He seems to be very capable and I'm like, that's okay, as long as you continue with that. Because if I was show running the show, I would start this season with an episode that maybe centers completely around that character, and that we we don't even worry too much about the Mando, and we maybe even a flashback to this guy when he was younger. I don't know if you wanted to start setting him up more, but the thing I'm worried about the most is that he's just a guy who's going to show up periodically as the curb stomp fight. Kind of like in a video game where it's like, if you meet Darth Vader at the beginning of a video game, you know you're not going to finish that fight. Some kind of plot contrivance or bullshit's going to happen. It's like, you got away, but 
we're going to have to fight that guy eventually. And then he shows up at the end of every act to go, ha, 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 I'm here. I don't think you remember that correctly. What? He showed up. He killed an old man. He <laughs> outnumbered four people, 100 to 1. Uh, those four people tore them all apart, <laughs> destroyed a TIE fighter, and he only survived because he had a plot device that we have no fucking clue how he got. <laughs> oh, we know how he got I just, it. Did, did he you took, guys he ever... claimed it from the Mandalorians when he when he purged them in their... But that's uh... not in this season. That's not in this show. Yeah, we haven't seen that. The Darksaber shows up out of nowhere, and he just like cuts his way out of the wreckage, and... That's the last you see of them. They didn't, like, curb stomp them. If he curb stomped them, I would have liked that better. If he just showed up, kicked Mando's ass, that would have been fun. But well, it's also... here's, here's, like, a dozen death troopers and a TIE fighter. And it's like, here's an old Apollo Creed and a Mandalorian and the <laughs> robot. And they fucking tore their asses out. <laughs> hey, hey, real quick, Billy, is your problem with the, the switch of bad guys... Because her, uh, Werner Hor- whatever the fuck that guy's Werner name Werner Herzog. That guy. Yeah. Because he's so good, or if it would have been any other actor and they would have done this you and replaced him with another actor who you didn't know or like, would you have still had the same problem? You know, it is hard to say that for sure, because maybe if it was an actor that wasn't as recognizable, I wouldn't feel the same way. But gotcha. I, I was under the impression watching this show, especially because he is so recognizable, that I was like, oh, this is the... It's like, I, I just don't like it. You know, that's the kind of... I know that's not really fair, I guess, to the, to a story, but it, it's going to happen. You can't help it. <laughs> The same way that you feel the way you do about Bill Burr, mm-hmm. uh, so it's <laughs> it, it's it, you know, it reminds me of remember in Tron Legacy. I know you remember me complaining about. Oh, that. I knew you were going to bring me Cillian Murphy. Yes, I'm like we know, this. but it's not even just that he's recognizable. They say he's the son of the bad guy from the first fucking movie, and then he's in the movie for like two minutes, and you never fucking see him again. And I'm like, <laughs> why did you even bother with this? Yeah, no, no, no. And and here here's the other here's the other thing, and this is why I think that the show has only up to go from here is the fact that as good as Werner Herzog the actor is, his character didn't really do anything. No, no, he and, didn't. And that's and that's really I think the big saving grace for because like again, this is not such a big deal that I would you know this isn't my big you know this is why the Mandalorian sucks my college thesis you know no that's not what i'm saying it's just a small if i had to pick something to complain about and i guess that's what i'm doing this would be it but well, it's here, just such a weird see to to that i never thought i always thought he was going to be a short-term character because of exactly because of who he was yeah, he, it, yeah. He's, he's a director he's not a professional actor yeah, he's not yeah exactly he but you know he plays fine, these parts though, but the way he plays that he these is very dispatched. small parts yeah i mean i'll give you granted i'll give you i didn't have a problem with how he's dispatched um i'll and give not you that being killed that's fine being killed it's just it's really weird where it's like this character suddenly went from like oh this has been the bad guy the whole time to like this wasn't even really a character like he had no like he was really just like a you know, go-to would you, guy. Would like, you I, I, thought, I thought it was hilarious. Would how you he have died, preferred though. if he if he had more had more residents of say a Ned Stark, where you have this character who then all of a sudden is killed in a way at the end, 
where it <laughs> sort of resonates throughout the rest yes, of the series. Absolutely, because I, I I just want to know these characters. The bad guys. I don't like a bad guy that is not really well Disposable. known in any way. Yeah, or just or just has no real background. Like, what do we know about either one of them? Like. It, Gus Fring or uh, or Warner Horse. Like, with nothing. And it's just... It, did you guys ever read Mistborn? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, check out the Sanderlanch uh, podcast, by the way. Um, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. They're going through the whole series. Yeah, they've gone through the... I think they're almost done with the second book now. But... Nice. They, and and, so and side book, note, side note, they are crushing in Brazil. Really? Yeah, their Weird. podcast is huge in Brazil. Damn. So random. Yeah, me so, and Cloud are talking about it. And I like I liked that book uh, quite a bit. But here's the thing. This book does a thing where, like, there's a supreme bad guy. Um, yeah. You didn't like Mistborn either? <laughs> Word, Booker. Actually, I liked Mistborn, so. I will say this. For me, I didn't just so... And this is because I'm a huge fucking nerd. Um, I didn't... Uh, one with her, Herner Wurzog. I, to me, he always was going to be a, a a one-off character, just because he's su- because he's such a unique person, and and I knew this was a unique situation, um, and and so uh, when they introduced Gus, uh, mm-hmm. I liked him because I like him as an actor, right. Had it been someone else, I don't know if I would have had the same um, feelings uh, as such. Um, but the moment that Darksaber cut through, I was fucking won over. Because for me, I instantly knew how important that was. Just because I know the, you know, the history of the Darksaber. So for him to have it, that already lets me know a lot about the character. And anybody who was fans of Dave Fellini would be like, okay, so that's Dave Fellini making a statement like, this is very much in my version of Star Wars, basically. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so, I, I get it. So, so I'm, but I'm just saying, from a from a story perspective, aside from the actors, just from the perspective of like these characters in this world and the way that the story unfolds, it's just really weird to me that you have, you know you would have an entire season of this bad guy and then he's just really, it turns out he's nothing. If that was the case, why not just get rid of him at the end of the first or second uh, episode and hint at the fact that they're... Why not have Mando kill him at the end of three, basically? Yeah, you know, it would make more sense. You know, it wouldn't feel so... I don't know. This is it, my, the thing I was trying to say I, about hey, Mistborn I, that was getting to me was it, if you if you read Mistborn, there's a character that's like the main bad guy and he's hinted at throughout the entire book. They talk about him. He's like the dictator of this place. He's supposed to talk about how powerful he is. And, you know, it's okay. They've built him up for hundreds of pages. And he shows up finally. Right. And to to the credit of the book, because I do like the book, yes, he is very powerful. That they were right about. He, you know, they, he does, they do show how crazy powerful he is. And we found out a lot about his background. Like, we know the story of what happened. Yeah, the fake, for the, the most part. One I think and there's, the a real big, one. there's a bit of a reveal later of to who. But yeah, even yeah. then, it's like, even with the. It's like you don't know. 
once he's like there, like there's no real character to him. There's nothing like this is what we waited for. Like yes, he's powerful, but you know whatever. So is you know what, what the hell is a Superman's Doomsday? Like Doomsday is real powerful too, but that doesn't make him a good character. Are we talking about the White Walkers from Game of Thrones? Boom, roasted. Wait a minute, what now? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's, that's a they similar built the one, White too. Wakers, I... White Walkers up for seven seasons, eight, eight, seven and a half seasons, and then they eliminated him in one night. Although it was my favorite character that did it, so I was okay with it. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. Tell them winter came for House Frey. Here's my thing with villains, and I, I'm going to agree with um, Billy, and I'm going to tack on to his, um, <laughs> tack on. I'm going to put a pin in that and basically say it's it's the same problem that I have with the sequel trilogy and uh, Poet brought up the White Walkers where it's like if you're going to undercut your villain constantly or you're going to undercut the idea that the villain is permanent or that they're important in the story... It needs to be for a very good reason, because the biggest problem with bringing back Palpatine in the sequel trilogy was, well, when he dies this time, who's to say he's really dead for real this time? Because he's been dead twice now. Don't worry, he'll come back. Yeah. And with the White Walkers, it's like... You didn't hear his laugh at the end of the credits? Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see the movie. I don't know if that happened, but it sounds like it did, so... Yeah, it sounds like a shitty thing they would do. You know, it's like it's it was a similar thing with the White Walkers too, where you hear, Oh, they're unstoppable, they always come back, they always do this, and then it's like, Oh, but you poke him and they die. I poked him with a pillow and he died. <laughs> it's well, like you know, it's funny, because 'cause I've actually seen a few episodes of Game of Thrones, not the whole thing. Yeah. Because I just had friends that watched it, so there was a period I think during the third season, the fourth season. Never the red the red wedding was uh, where I saw quite that, that a few. That was the episodes. third season, shit. Yeah, so and I think that so that had to be the season then when they introduced how to kill the White Walkers because someone had one of the, uh, the daggers. <coughs> that was yeah, that was the first way that they they showed how to kill them because we found out that Valerian skill, Steel killed them in that season. Yeah. Yes, um, and then we so, found I, out I, some I other way. That was neat because at the time I'd read the first book. Uh, before then so i was aware of like how hard they were to kill and so watching that scene of like oh okay this is like he's in fucking danger and then he stabs it and like oh okay cool nice eventually yeah. it gets to the gotcha. point where everyone gets a weapon that is capable of doing because not just that kills them but there's a certain point in like season seven where everyone has a weapon that can kill them and they go down like putties at that point <laughs> and it oh, really I mean- takes all the juice out of them I, I, having not seen it, I guess I can't say for sure. But also, what, what, that sounds like a no-win scenario, though. Because if you have an entire army of these guys, I mean, you have to do something. It's either well, you yeah. have to have something well, to kill that, them, or you have to have one thing that will like kill all of them at once for some reason. Well, that's what they do, too. Because basically they determine Oh, God, that, they do both? Yeah, because basically yeah. they determine... They undercut so them completely. You have, the, you have your basic zombie White Walkers, but then you have their, like, leaders, which are, the like, your knights. And when you kill a knight, it takes out all of their, his quote-unquote zombies. Rules. So yeah. one, so in, so essentially, when they took out 
the main one it took out all of them yeah they're, so they're do you like remember do you remember in the phantom menace when anakin took out the droid ship and all the droidicas shut down now this is pod racing Aria, Aria did that with a knife. <laughs> yeah, and Wait, because so it was, uh, and because it was Aria, I was fine. I, with I know it. this is not what you're saying, but I like to believe that you're saying that Game of Thrones basically is just a rehash of the prequel trilogy. Yes, the last two seasons. Yeah. The last two seasons, yes, yes, because it makes about as much sense. People teleport around somehow, seemingly. Hey, great the, distances. Hey, first off, don't. Don't first off, don't act like you motherfuckers have never unlocked fast travel before. They just finally unlocked it, all right? We've been here before. That means we can come back at a moment's notice exactly. again. X. Hold X to fast travel. That's all they started doing, season five on. My favorite my favorite critique that Tim did of Game of Thrones for that last season was uh he was like, Hey, remember where a whole season was about crossing a bridge? <laughs> and then in the last season you can go from the equator to the arctic circle in a few minutes because you have a dragon he's yeah, like you know i i remember where you had to go places and it meant something in this show it's true that's a, that does sound like a weird pacing problem of you know you can't spend well, years think- and seasons of a show you know, showing like this is how long it takes to do this. And then suddenly you're like, "Uh." you can, you very easily can when you have source material that does that. When you surpass that source material, you have no idea how to do that. When you have such a grand story that you need to finish off. Again, I lay all the blame at George RR Martin's feet for the failure. Because there's also an entire season that's preparing for a siege. Yeah. That's that's what most of that season is, and it's compelling because you're worried about what's going to happen to all these characters. Whereas in those last two seasons, you have like a major battle every ten minutes, yeah. to the point where it gets tedious. It's like, oh, I guess we're going to fight again, and then there's a whole other huge Lord of the Rings style battle. And, and I think, but I think part part all right, so part of the problem is the fact that they ran out of uh, source material, which I yeah. think. That's the main the problem. Biggest, the biggest, the biggest detriment. Two, I think that that logistically speaking, you you have a show that wasn't, you know, uh, you know, nobody knew really. It wasn't. You don't know if it's going to be big or not, and it gets big. It becomes one of the biggest shows in the globe. Logistically, the cost of paying the people the main actors to keep playing these roles um, is, you know, it becomes to the point where you've got to just have to wrap it up uh, because the the cost of doing the show is going to be, is going to, you know, outpace how much you're making from the show. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so I, it's, I think it's a hard thing to do with, when you have such a, uh, uh, a heavy fantasy uh, based series, which, you know, you're dealing with CGI dragons, you know, you're dealing with uh, CGI direwolves, which they cut out because they couldn't really afford to do the direwolves the way you needed to do them. That's why mm-hmm. like the direwolves get cut back. Cause you're looking at like a cost thing. And so, uh, it, you know, it's hard to say, how do you do that correctly? And, 
Because you just, it's hard to be like, you know, we probably need to do 10 seasons of this at this pace to maintain it. And then like, but you don't, you, you can't make those kind of deals with people early on now. I mean, I think after like Marvel, you know, you're looking at their sign, like, you know, they signed Sam to a nine pitcher deal. Like, I I think, you know, if you're going to go into a series like a Game of Thrones, I think you have to look at, like, maybe you need to lock people in for reasonable prices for 10 10 years, 10 seasons or whatever, um, so that those kind of things, because what what was the, uh, what was Cersei getting paid, like, a million an episode, and she literally had, like, what, five minutes of screen time of her drinking wine in front of a window, like... I, and when not, it comes down to that, I'm though, not that's knocking the, with that, the writing. Yeah, not I'm not knocking. Budget. Yeah, I'm not knocking. Uh, the, but that's but that's what you're talking about. Like, how do you? But but you're at at that point. Like, what do you what do you do? You have so much story that you have to complete. You don't really have a blueprint for how to do it, and you're going on the fly, and you have all this like pressure from HBO, presumably. And I, but they're I, also not going on the fly. They took an extra year, and they had like two years to work yeah, on they, this last exactly. season. They split, but, but and they still had a lot to do again without source material. I'm just saying that logistically speaking, I'm not surprised at the failure at the end of Game of Thrones because of numerous factors. I think I think a lack of source material is not an excuse. When yeah, I would when, I would agree because... when you have a, when you have a writer's room. And the writer, and you have an entire writers' room, and you have showrunners that have been working on this show for near a decade. They should know all of the plot threads. They should know all the characters like the back of their hands by this point. If you can't come up with an ending, but you need one author to come up, well, with you can the literally talk you, to at any point. The dude worked on the show multiple yeah. times. You, hey, George, uh, quick question. And George <laughs> did tell them what his basic ideas for the ending were and they said we're going to go our own way so even then it was a conscious choice to go the way they did and they still fucked up so there is no excuse and Billy's right too they took an entire year off because they said we want to get the ending just right Yeah. when you have a dozen people writing on a show you have no excuse at that point Like all the only excuse is we're bad writers and that's it <laughs> Yeah, and I think that source material is only going to get you so far. I think even some of the best adapted movies and TV shows and stuff, whether you're talking about like books or comics or anything, they don't necessarily follow the source material word for word, page for page. Some of the uh, and best they shouldn't because certain... that's not always going to work. Yeah, because some of the best scenes and some adapted stuff are stuff that they had to come up with on the fly because they were like, you know... That's not gonna. That's not gonna read, or that's not gonna make sense on screen. So we got to change that. Like Lord of the Rings has a famous example where the elves showed up at Helm's Deep. I thought that was a great scene. It's one of my favorite moments of Helm's Deep. That nothing close to that ever happens. There's not one elf at Helm's Deep in the book. Legolas. One, yeah, Legolas. <laughs> There's literally one like, elf at say, Helm's Deep. You're like, He's going to say there wasn't one elf. I'm going to fucking get him when he does. <laughs> oh, man. He got me with the gotcha. But yeah, there was one elf. And it was like, that's the one elf. That's the only one you get. And then they were like, no, because Peter had the whole thing. Because Peter's an actual storyteller. And he was like, well, the thing is, is that 
in a book, and if you know all the history that I've set up with the elves with the book, because we don't go into that in the movie, it makes sense for them not to show up there. But when you're watching in a movie, and you know that the elves are like nearby because they were literally just there with them, they're like, it's going to make the elves look like dicks, almost like... And, like almost like they are villains just for not showing up and helping. So Peter was like, I kind of need the elves to show up because I need people to care about them in the third movie when they do finally show up. So I need to set up that they're not all bad. So he did that for thematic reasons because he was a storyteller trying to lay seeds for things that were going to come later in the story. So yeah, there's plenty of examples of people taking adaptations. Yeah, and cha- adding things, taking things out when you need to. Same example, uh, in Fellowship of the Warrior. How fucking weird would it have been watching that movie if, you know, you've got this real, you know, it goes, it gets into like a real kind of dark territory, you know. They're in like scary situation trying to get away with the ring. And then all of a sudden Tom Bombadil shows up. Like that'd be right. so weird and jarring. It would have made no sense in the movie. Who shows and so up? it wasn't there. Who shows up? Uh, Tom Bombadil? Yeah, Jedi doesn't know who that is. <laughs> Dude, Tom Bombadil is the Bombadil. He is... <laughs> I actually do like the character, but he wouldn't have made sense in the movie. It just it just doesn't work. He's like a... I don't even know how to... How would you describe Tom Bombadil? I don't even know how. He is almost like... It, it's, it's almost like... Because uh, I know he didn't, but it's almost like he was in the middle of writing and, and J.R. was like... All right, I'm going to rip on this bong, and I'm going to write you some magic character that do anything I want, anything at all, for like a couple of pages, and then he just pieces out, and I'm not going to explain shit about him. What does he do? Now he's a bear. Deal with it. What? Why? He sings, sort of. I don't oh, is know. that the guy from The Hobbit? Yeah. Uh, no. No? No, he's not in The Hobbit, I don't think. No, he's oh, okay. Hobbit. Who's the dude oh. that turns into a bear? That's a different dude. Oh, do you think do you're in the Lord of the Rings universe? What, stuff what's happens. your take of the Hobbit and uh, and uh, and Peter's storytelling? Oh, that's absolute garbage. <laughs> well, Look, just, uh, so just, this just, isn't a defense of Peter Jackson and everything. You know, I'm, I'm I'm I tend to talk about one story at a time. The writer and the people involved. That's why when I was talking about the Mandalorian, I'm like, I'm not going to compare. It's like it talking to about George Lucas and being better. like, do you like original trilogy or prequel trilogy? And I'm like, hello there. Those are two separate animals to me. Completely different. They're almost separated by the same amount of time. Oh God, that's a weird thought. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we're not going to unpack that right now. That's too much right now. <laughs> you know, Liz hasn't seen the prequels. That's okay. I haven't seen the third Hobbit movie because I checked out. Oh, I haven't either. Yeah, I checked out too. I was like, I what? don't. I was getting bored. The I, you I, guys messed with the Dune Worms. The Dune? They had Dune Worms? They in the had third Dune one? Worms. For no reason? It was awesome. It was so <laughs> stupid and just <laughs> awful. I was laughing my ass off. They also, showed up at the big fight and they just vomit up orcs. And I'm like, oh my god. Also, I love the Hobbit trilogy. I'll give I you that. The, the first the movie. CGI I actually really is, liked is a, the first movie. Is the, a, the biggest detriment to that movie. But I enjoy, with the exception of the Goblin song, uh, <laughs> I enjoy, and the Dishes song, I enjoy that movie. I love the Those Dishes movies. song because I, I I missed it from uh, the I like, uh, I like the, the Dishes cartoon. song because I think mm. it actually makes the uh, the Lonely Mountain song 
even better because you know you have like this fun silly song you have a light and moment and then a heavy really moment. serious See, i don't awesome fucking song all right i would the song's fine but the shenanigans of how they're doing the little orphan annie da- da- cleaning routine for the <laughs> cleanup that was that was the part that was too much for me that was too far for that you that was i was just like where come on where oh y'all just y'all just bouncing plates with your elbows and shit now okay I, always, I wanted to make a meme, but I couldn't get it to work. Where it was like, "Hey, they set up, uh, they set up something with the uh, the plate scene because they're throwing all these plates like like professional jugglers, and they're not like breaking anything, and everything's moving around like there's no stakes. You know, just like the barrel scene where they're all flipping around and doing it at pinpoint accuracy with barrels yeah. <laughs> down a river, and there's no stakes because none of this matters. It's all weightless CG bullshit." <laughs> Yeah, the barrel scene is, again, a little bit too much again. <laughs> I mean, it would have been fine if they had just floated down the river in barrels and occasionally an arrow hit and they just had to duck away from it. You definitely didn't need They should have been effort. singing some kind of weird, stupid barrel song the whole time. No, they disagree. Disagree <laughs> with a <the> barrel song. <laughs> uh, all right, rolling, so... Rolling, rolling. We're split. On Lord of the Rings, Mandalorian seasons one and two, and uh, Game of Thrones. I don't think What's we're next? split on Mandalorian at all. I think we Are all we? love it. I it's mean, just... look, it's like I love Top Chef, and sometimes you got to break down if one has just enough salt versus if another one has the right salt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is news kosher salt. Disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Do we have anything else to talk about those uh, uh, things? Any, any <laughs> final thoughts? No, I'm good. You just made me think of like my favorite moments from like cooking shows, though, where it's like you made a delicious creme brulee. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I made a delicious creme brulee, but the assignment was to make a sandwich. <laughs> so I'm going to have to take points <laughs> off for making a creme brulee. But it was a delicious one. Uh, and the, meanwhile, the other guy over here made like a really awful sandwich, and he's like, "I win." Yep. Hey, gotta follow <laughs> the rules, my dude. It said made a sandwich, and you made a dessert, and you didn't make that dessert into a sandwich. Now, if you'd have made a creme brulee sandwich, to be a whole other conversation. There, there is an episode <laughs> of uh, of Chopped where they every round was around had to do with pizza. So, like, each round they had some kind of pizza dough that they had to work with and make some kind of pizza. And the first round, dude made a pizza soup. And they were like, it's the first round. Like, we just told you. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's a pizza soup. It's not pizza. Like, we just... <laughs> Chopped. I love those moments. Chopped. I love those moments so much. This is a deconstructed um, pizza. And they were like, this is a bowl of water. Yep. I've taken it down to its molecules. It's deconstructed. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel you, like you could you do ju- a pizza soup. I know I've talked about this on the show before. In a pizza but challenge I don't know. correctly. Have, have, I don't know. Have you guys ever watched uh, Food Wars, the anime? No. no. You have brought it up, but I have. Dude, I, I know I've talked to you about it. It's The first couple seasons are on Netflix. Do yourselves a favor. Watch that fucking show. Oh, my God. <laughs> it. It, so you know how <laughs> basically it's about a like a, a, a cooking school that's like super competitive yeah. uh, and like a bunch of like 
teenage kids that go there and it takes all the all the, like the tropes of anime but instead of a fight it makes it into like a In sort of like chops, sort of cooking show thing a food wars what they call them that sounds uh, amazing. so like they'll be watching these people cook and they'll be like oh my god he just put in garlic with the tarragon It'll re- it'll make the flavor come out like as, in, like, as if he just like did some crazy kick. <laughs> it's, it's he found amazing. an umami above an umami. Uh, oh, and also because of how good they are at cooking, when they make a dish that's amazing and the judges eat it, they, they have an orgasm. Like the guy that runs the school, the headmaster of the school, he's like the super old ripped guy, and he's always got like his robes and shit on. And whenever he's a judge on one of the food wars, he'll eat something. And if it's he doesn't, no, he doesn't rip it off. It explodes. His robe just shreds <laughs> by itself. And this is, and they've made a mention of this because his uh, his uh, granddaughter is uh, one of the students there. Uh, and this happens to the family. It is a family thing when they have something that's so good, their clothes just rip off of their body. God. So it's Iron Chef. If you took it to its ob- obvious anime conclusion. Dude, I I God, I, cannot, I, I I can't recommend this show enough. You, you've got to see it. It's just you may have to check that one out. That sounds fun. It also makes me want to cook too. I'm just like, oh my god, I want to go in the kitchen right now because like the stuff they make is really good looking. <laughs> like, do they actually like show all the ingredients? Like, you could literally make the stuff that's oh, in the oh show? yeah no the, yeah. the the amount of detail. It's like the entire episodes sometimes are like are the food war. Is like about them, them putting it together. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's and like there's always a crowd watching, so the crowd is telling you what they're doing. I wonder why Babish hasn't done that yet. I haven't seen him do that. Mm. I haven't seen him. I don't know if you guys ever seen binging with Babish. No, um, I've seen some of them. Yeah, it's a YouTube uh, cooking show. Yeah, I've seen some uh, of his stuff. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Sorry, I'm texting. <laughs> No, you're fine. I just had no, an no, idea. No, boring. So I get no, you're boring, Billy. They're not. Let's let's talk because we're already an hour deep and we didn't get to it last time. I want to talk to you guys about every day is midnight. Oh, okay. Since I we didn't do that last time. Okay. What do you want to talk about with it? What I just how what uh what made you what inspired you guys to do it? What is uh i don't know what was your general idea how do you come up with your ideas uh i think you know i i just i'm fascinated by the whole thing like uh like we were talking about with liz last week how you know she's got like a million views on one thing and ten thousand followers and you know like just like how does that go because i know you guys had that one video that popped real big um and so I just want to know, like, yeah, how, wh- what brought you guys to do Every Day is Midnight? Like, what? In... Alrighty. Um, that was like 80 million questions. I'm terrible at interviewing people. <laughs> uh, mostly boredom, but um, the thing that really got us um, back into doing it, because we actually took, like, a long-ass break, because we started it over a year ago now, and um, it started out as just a Let's Play channel, okay. where we would just fuck around and play a game and and you know yell at each other and stuff but um eventually we came back to it and we wanted to try out a couple of other ideas because uh, the uh, pandemic hit the uh kind of the i guess we'll call it the second season of doing it 
because mm-hmm. uh, we fell out of doing it for a few months, and then the pandemic hit, and I was like, we got a lot of spare time right now. We could we could come back and do this again. So we did the Let's Plays a little bit more for a little while, and then um, Timmy started doing some uh, video essays, and uh, the uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 uh, video kind of, kind of blew up. That was the biggest uh, video that we had ever had to that point. I think it's at 70k now, so wow. we're way we're way short of the 10 million mark that we uh, we laid for ourselves at the beginning. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we're we're starting to generate some some subscriptions. I think we're hovering around 350 right now. Okay. And nice. uh, yeah, it's uh, which I'm told from other people that that's actually not bad for a uh, for a channel both this young and also with how long it takes to kind of get one of these off the ground. They're like, yeah. usually it takes oh, yeah. like a I couple mean, of years to get to that point. So Yeah, that's pretty great, cause especially when you're dealing with uh, such an oversaturated market. Because a Super lot of, oversaturated. Yeah, I mean, everybody that, you know... I'm not the hilarious... There's a lot the, of people that are like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make videos of me playing video games. People will want to watch. Hey, I, I tried it. I've thought about it. I've tried it a little bit. I was streaming some of my gameplay, and I posted some of that, like, just a, like like hard, raw video to YouTube. Um, and I had hoped to, like, start making videos, but, like, the getting into the video editing, the software I chose, I couldn't really figure it out. And, like, I don't... I don't know it's if hard, I have man. the wherewithal to do kind of, like, the ideas that I want to do. So, like, and, yeah, like, and even just finding your voice. Because, like, I know for me, I typically don't look f- uh, at um, too many, like, like Let's Play or gameplay video. Like, mostly the, what I watch are news videos related to, um, like, the games I'm playing. So, like, I watch a lot of De- Destiny news videos to kind of break down what's happening, let me know what's going on for, at the weekly reset. Um, like, how-to videos, like, if I can't figure something out. Um, and then, like, there's only, like, three people I really watch who just play the game. Um, and only one of them I only watch when it's a live event because they're, like, they're, like, one of the top people for destiny and doing live stuff and then and then um and one of the other guys is is another guy i watch for live stuff but i also watch some of his regular like videos and then there's one guy i watch who just does like he does like weapon reviews but like it's his humor that makes me watch his videos not necessarily his gameplay uh yeah just like so, like, it's definitely, like, and I, yeah, just the thought of trying to find, you know, your voice in that medium is fascinating to me. I, I've, I've gone on a lot of um, uh, different boards talking about, like, what's the, what, what's the uh, price of entry, basically? Like, not just, like, money, but, like, time, energy, like, skill level. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta have good equipment, you have to have good uh, video quality you have to have a good voice you have to know what it is that you're trying to do you, it's best to start with a goal with uh with what you're uh what you're releasing because it's like 
we fell away from doing just straight up let's plays because a we realized no one was watching those i mean the algorithm is not going to push you when you're one of a million other gameplay videos yeah so what we try to do was like when we release something it's a little bit more pointed at something so the goal is is that if we're making a video about something it's going to be pushed towards a specific ring of of audience like right now tim's in the middle of doing his uh, dragon age 2 retrospective so that is what we're hoping is that since dragon age 4 news keeps kind of tinkling out a little bit we're hoping that when dragon age becomes a thing that trends again in the upswell of dragon age videos will be one of those videos that gets caught in that upswell but that's kind of the thing is that when you're making videos like these it's kind of better to do a wide net rather than do 80 episodes of a sonic game yeah because it's like that's that is fine and good and everything if you have an audience but we didn't really have an audience so yeah we can maybe do that kind of stuff again one day because like we did we did like greedfall and we did um blood dragon and we did saints row three and those were a lot of fun to do yeah those are like that. That was like the most fun I had. We also did a uh, New Vegas for a little while. That was a lot of fun. But the thing is, is that if it's just gameplay videos and you have no audience, yeah. there's nobody to push that to. So now it's more of like when we do a video, it is going to be something that we're personally interested in. But we also look for the audience to to try to market that too. Gotcha. And that's what really actually uh, was advantageous about doing the um, the Ultimate Alliance 3 video. Tim decided to do that at the exact time that the marketing for the Avengers game was ramping up. And he did a one-year-later review for Ultimate Alliance 3, but there's a lot of overlap with the communities that, for those two games. Yeah. So when Avengers came out, his video just blew up. Because it was just the right time, right place kind of thing for that. So we're hoping that that'll happen for other videos, especially since more Dragon Age 4 news keeps coming out. I really hope that his retrospective gets picked up by the algorithm and it gets and it gets it explodes just like the other one, because he has made some amazing videos so far. And the third and final one is going to be coming out soon. And it's it's probably the best thing he's ever done on the site. It's really good. Meanwhile, he's over here ignoring me. <laughs> Not ignoring you. <laughs> Please, um, keep talking about how cool I am. He's <laughs> blushing. Timothy, do you think that you found your voice then? Or are you still searching for your voice in this medium? I think people worry too much about their voice. Right. Like, just just write and, and do the thing that is interesting to you. That is your voice. Like, Agreed. So... Yeah, I, I've found my voice, but it was never, like, a hard thing to find. I just write like I usually used to write, like, journals and all that stuff, or if I do a massive wall of text, like, on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's, like, a thing that, like, a lot of people worry about when they're starting these channels. Um, if you already have the want and need to start doing videos like these, just start doing them. Mm-hmm. It, the, the whole... but. Do I have a unique voice? And it's like everyone has a unique voice, and nobody does. The point is, is to get yourself out there. And the more you're out there, the more people will notice you if you're good. And 
the thing is, is that you should only do things that are of your interest because that means you're going to attract an audience of people of similar interests. Like, I, I don't want to do a show about politics, even though I like reading about politics or I like, you know, like posting on like political boards or something. That doesn't mean I'm going to make a whole YouTube site about politics because I'm like, I don't want to talk to a whole bunch of people about this. I but you. I will talk to a Especially bunch of people all about the video time. games. All the time is that that would be awful. Yeah. Like That's I like can talk a, about, you know, nerdy video games shit all the time. That's not a problem. <laughs> like exactly. uh, that makes me happy. It's never gone away in my life. Like I've always just talked about video games. Since, yeah. Since I was a kid. Even when people don't care, you know, like I'll find myself getting real excited about something, you know, in some game. And that's actually if I had I don't know, if I knew how to do videos you know, because I've thought about it for a couple of years now about doing a, a YouTube channel of breaking down stories in video games because I've just always I, I really like how unique of a medium video games are for storytelling. I don't think oh. people really appreciate it enough or talk about it enough, uh, at least compared to other things. Um, but wait, fuck, what was I even getting at? <laughs> you were talking about breaking down uh, stories in video games and writing yeah, about Yeah, before that, though, I was saying... <laughs> you said you were thinking about starting a, a thing, to like a, a channel? Oh, 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 that's... Well, no, because I said I was thinking about doing that for a while now, uh, but I just don't know that I'd be able, uh, be able to do it. But at the same time, uh, it would probably be good for... Liz, because I know I have just talked her ear off about shit that I know she doesn't care about. Um, You're doing a I show don't, now too. Like I don't, you can talk I don't about realize that stuff. it. Oh, but it's not the same. It's you know, there's something you know, I because I, I love doing the podcast, but there is something about like you know a focused like a almost focus, like writing you know, an article. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's because you've written articles too. before too. Yeah, it, there's an artistic side to it of like I want to do this thing. You know, or I think this thing would be fun, uh, as opposed to the podcast, which also has its own. You know, there's definitely <sighs> things with the podcast that we work on, but for the most part, it really is you know just us talking mostly, uh, which is fine. I I love doing it, but and really, it's for our friends. I mean, uh, uh, oh yeah, I re- friend... you know I I like the idea of people listening to the show, but it's not something that I push so hard that I'm like, oh, we got to get more listeners. Like I don't. Really yeah, like. Jay, uh, I had a, a friend of mine on Jake who wrote his first novel. That was the really the first time I was like, "Hey, do you want to try to maybe do something like this and see, you know, just what it can do, if where we can reach out with that?" And so that was like, uh, uh, why I even thought to ask uh, my friend if he wanted to be on to talk about his book. And right now, it happens to be our second most downloaded episode. So nice. I don't know what that means. I, our you just most gotta down, take those leaps. Our most downloaded You gotta, you gotta just put yourself one. out there. Yeah, I yeah. Because if know. you don't, someone else is gonna. You know. Uh, yeah, that's I, the problem. That... That's the problem. I don't like people. I, that's the last thing I want to do is put myself <laughs> out there to engage with people. Even that though I'm, incre- about, I'm it's, incredibly it's not, it's nice really person. About, yeah, it's not necessarily about other people anyway. Because it, it's funny because when you're doing something. Any form of art form, 
whether it's something like podcasting or if you're making videos uh, or writing or painting, whatever it is, there is a side of it for pretty much everybody. I think I would, you know, anyone who says otherwise, I think they're just trying to be like, Oh no, it's just for me. There is a side of it of like, you want other people to see it. You know, you want, you know, but that's you why you don't want to hear it. what they really have to say about it because then you're breaking the illusion for yourself. Well, no, I don't mind that. I do, you know, I do want to know what other people think, but at the same yeah. time, it's, it, there's like this, there's this fine line of like, do I want people to like, to, to listen to this podcast or do I want people to read something that I wrote? Yes. You want, you want, but the you also want to ride people. that line of yeah. like, am I enjoying doing this? Like, that's the most important thing is like, it, regardless of if someone listens to this episode or if someone reads this story that I wrote, did right. I have a good time doing it? Uh, or did it make, or uh, good times, strong word. Did it make me feel accomplished Ooh. for Ooh. doing it? <laughs> What? No, I'm not talking about the podcast. All right, just second. Just second. Uh, Starting to sweat here. Those those are just jokes, Billy. I don't want to replace you. I need you, Billy. I need you. Well, you know, it's it's it. There's there's that side of it that I think that's the most important. And it sounds so cheesy, I think, to say it that way. Of like, do what makes you happy first. But if you don't, then yeah, it's it it's it, it just makes the whole thing not only not fun, but also I think it makes the product that you end up with not good. You know, like for example, if you were making videos like political videos or something, yeah. uh, not because you wanted to really, but because you're like, Oh, people will watch this. I don't think they would be as good as the videos you make about video games because Definitely you're just not, not as Definitely invested not. in it. You, you'd be actually, we've had this exact same conversation between Tim and I, the whole, we want the, f- I like, I want the feedback loop of people saying, these are good, but you could work on this. And I was like, okay, that's another note to leave to the thing. But then I'll talk to Tim about it, and he's like, I don't care what those fucking people think. And, I'll, <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah! Oh. But then I realized, I realized that Tim and I get like a different thing from the videos like while making them and then from releasing them. Because after we release them, he could care less about what happens to them. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's- is so funny to me, because I'll be like on the analytics page, and I'll be like, this did well here, but this didn't do well here. And I, w- I need to now figure out what that means. Meanwhile, Tim's over here eating something, come up behind me like, what's that bullshit on the screen? <laughs> and I'm like, this is our analytics. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, We're killing in Budapest. We got to do more Budapest stuff. Anything. I know. But it's, the thing is, is that we're, I've realized by doing the show and the, the channel that we... We have very, very, very different tastes in what we look for in feedback and information about the things that we work on. Now, you and I agree on a whole lot, but that is like one major thing that we diverge, and it has taken this long in our friendship for me to realize that. <laughs> and that was that was the funny thing to me, because we made this agreement when we started the thing, and, and I was just like, it's going to be really interesting seeing what uh, people think about this, especially when we start marketing the thing. And and you and Tim was like, "I'm not doing any of that." And I'm like, <laughs> "And I'm like, any of what?" And you were like, uh, "Everything that you just said: the marketing, talking to people, responding to comments, looking at numbers. I'm not doing any of that." And I was like, "How about you just make videos, and I worry about all of the back end?" And you were like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, we can do that. We can do yeah. that." <laughs> oh yeah. He talks to the people in the comments. I, I've 
done maybe five of them because they asked like very specific questions. Because I'm like Tim, they're they're asking you specifically this question, and then he'll be like, Ah, fine, <laughs> okay. All right, Mr. Demille, I'm ready for my close-up. Yeah. You know, that's a very good conversation with a guy about X Men. That was really nice. But that's that's the thing is that I'll respond to about ninety five percent of the comments because at some point you have to just say I can't I can't do this anymore. Because sometimes there's comments where you're just like I would respond to you, but I don't know what you're trying to say exactly. The illiteracy is high. The illiteracy is high on certain comments because it's like, but how come you didn't mention? And we were like, I want to respond because you're you're engaging with me, but I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> They'll mention things that just aren't in videos. And I'll be like, did you watch it? Did you watch the video? <laughs> Probably what they... happened is they got a bunch of tabs open and they just replied on the wrong tab. Yeah, yeah. they're just like, but where's Batman? And it's like, this is a Marvel the game. Sir, this is a Wendy's. Oh, Sir, yeah, that just Wendy's. sounds... Put your pants on. That just sounds like, yeah, that just some... You know, I think that we do sometimes because our lives have revolved so heavily around these things. There's some bits of knowledge that we take for granted that not everybody else is going to have at hand. Uh, and I and I think about that a lot, especially when uh, I used to talk about the Marvel movies when I worked at Whole Foods. Uh, there was yeah. a janitor, nay, or janitor, custodian, whatever... He wasn't really uh he was <laughs> he was not the He one. was the maintenance man. How about that? We'll yes, do a middle ground. Yes, that's that is what he was. Do a middle ground. It's there not even go. that like I'm not I'm worried about like picking the right word to call him. It's just that he moved around a lot because it they were and it, people had a hard time finding out what, what exactly he was good at. Uh, he was like a bigger, because he was just like a bigger guy. He was older, but he was like the nicest dude on the planet. So it was like nobody wants to get rid of him. Uh, but well, he what is always, it that you do here? Like, no, exactly. So he pretty much just walked around with a broom, uh, and everybody was fine with that. So <laughs> Mr. Larry would always have like the same conversations with everybody. So like, and by that I mean he had specific conversations with each person. So with Liz, he always talked about Tyra Banks for some reason because. <laughs> And I don't know what, because Liz had done some modeling at the time, and so he was like, oh, I like Tyra Banks, I like Tyra Banks, and started talking about her. So that was his conversation with Liz. With me, it was uh, movies, specifically like superhero movies. Fantastic Four, Reed Richards, can his whole body stretch? I mean, every part, you know, like his... I, I know what you mean. The thing. Is this dork made of orange rock like the rest of his body? <laughs> it's a superhero secret. So, like, I, you know, some movie would come out and be like, oh, did you see the Avengers? And I'm like, yeah, I did. It was great. And you know, we get to talking about him. You know, he liked it and cool. But then he'd say something like, I, when are the, what do you think they're going to they're gonna make a movie with, like, Iron Man and Batman together? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> they can't really do that because... You know, because and to me, it's so obvious because, like, I've known that forever. Like, there's obviously a difference there, but other people don't know that. Some people just it's not as ingrained in them, no matter, you know, despite the fact they've probably known Batman their entire lives. They don't know what the difference is between DC Comics and Marvel. It's kind of like if a kid asks you, do you think Jesus and Santa are best friends? Sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Uh, one or, of my favorite. Like this is the, the... Hold on, hold on. It's like, or it's like the conversation that 
I think for me it was probably the first time I've ever seen this conversation portrayed. You think Mighty Mouse could beat up Superman? What are you, cracked? Why not? I saw the other day he was carrying five elephants in one hand. Boy, you don't know nothing. Mighty Mouse is a cartoon. Superman is a real guy. No way a cartoon could beat up a real guy. Yeah, maybe you're right. Would be a good fight, though. <laughs> <laughs> and Superman um, is the man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, stand by me and it was fantastic i was just like i was like you can they that's a conversation i've had in my head one of my favorite web comics of all time and i i don't remember who did it but it always sticks out in my head was uh it's, it's this kid talking to a priest and he goes out there he's like father who would win in a fight between god and batman he goes oh my son god wouldn't fight and it goes to the next panel and says, a battle he knows he can't win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, the other funny thing with the uh, reading of comments is um, it's it's not since uh, the days of the old, old thread um, way back in the day of where I realized that other people have the same thought about Tim that I've never understood, which is why do you hate the things you love so much? <laughs> why do you just hate everything? Cause that's what he'll get comments like that. And I'm like, I've never. And when other people would say that to him back in the day, I would be like, no, he just has a very nuanced way of looking at things. He doesn't hate everything. He just, he feels like you need to acknowledge the flaws in things as well as the positives. But then that translates to a lot of other people as, why do you just fucking hate everything? Yeah. They don't He's understand. So many a comments like that. Being critical. Yeah, because like, it's like I wouldn't say that he's overcritical. Of things. Yeah. <laughs> why do you hate everything? Yeah. I, I don't hate everything. Although I did find that comic Billy talked about. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, just now. Was that the XKCD guys? No, it was uh, Wes and Tony. Wes and Tony was the where that's from. ASP Comic. Hey, speaking of comics, I just want this to be on the record. Tim, I don't want you, I hope you know how much joy Happy Bunny continues to bring me in my life. <laughs> Even to this day, the thought of the birthday knife is still like <laughs> it just warms my soul. That comic. And I, I wish I had access to those again because I fucking love Happy Bunny. I think you need to explain to the audience what it is that you're talking about. Oh, man. It was this dark comic Tim did on this weird website that allowed you to make comics that we all got into on the website. It was that. I forgot. I, just, and, I remember Happy Bunny, but I forgot it was like a website we could all make stuff on. That's right. And specifically, happy the, the comic is... Happy Bunny goes out to buy a birthday gift for somebody and he buys a butcher knife and it turns out the birthday gift was for himself and he's the only one at his birthday party and it <laughs> fucking just spoke to me in a way that has continued to bring me joy to this day. It was a good exercise uh, to try to do a, punch, a punchline as quickly as possible. In three panels? Yeah, set up delivery it was good for writing uh, no, it, it was it was fun to do i fucking yours, love yours were better ones. i don't think other people understand the whole you need to create a narrative out of the three panels like i, I like 
I like stuff that's bizarre and abstract too, but that's all I was doing. Three panels set up, you know, punchline and boom, you're done. There you go. Oh, as man. little dialogue as possible. And I loved I loved them all, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um uh but Billy's friend made me think of uh Watchdog Legions. Have you guys played any of the Watchdog games? No. No. Okay. I own the first one. As do I. I have never played it. Interesting. <laughs> I n- no never played it. Oh, are we going back to games I haven't played yet? No. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. None of us have played these. Resident Evil Revelations <laughs> 2. Uh, now, I've played oh, one. Now I'm, gonna two. To, now I'm going to have to include that shit at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that joke works, Billy. God damn it. You're going to cut you all guys, out. Look, you don't know. You guys do not know how many fantastic jokes that Billy's got like, hey, you got to cut all this out. <laughs> After I dropped fucking gold, he's been like, "Yo, that can't go in the episode." I'd be like, "You motherfucker!" I can't think. Of, I, I don't think they were that good because I can't think of any yeah, of them. Trust I don't me. Even yeah, trust yeah, me. I'll go back and get the cut of all of raw edit and pull it out. Yeah, exactly. It's like super to cut a long episode of like <laughs> jokes that Billy told me to cut. It'll be called That's Staying In. It'll oh, be called man. Liz, Don't Listen to This Episode. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The one that may get me divorced. Um, But uh, so I, I've never played any of the Watchdogs. Um, I, I knew that they were a game that existed. Um, and I don't know what it was, but somehow I got a hair up my ass about this new watchdogs game. Okay. I, I don't know why I don't know where it came from. And so I ended up getting it and I have fucking loved this game. Um, it is not, I think this is a game that you, it is a game you either really like or you don't like at all. Um, that sounds it, like a Ubisoft game. Yeah. Boom. Roasted. First, even on the Xbox X, I can't wait to get it on the next gen. It London looks amazing in the game. Is there it was, like a one-to-one like recreation no, of London? No, it's pretty close. I would say it's a similar to how like um, Manhattan is in New York, or Sp- Man- Spider-Man's Manhattan is to real-life Manhattan. Um, okay. Similar, but they've squashed some stuff. Because like that was one of the things that when I did... Uh, uh, when I had a PlayStation for a very small window, I had um, I had the Spider-Man game, and the two things I did almost immediately in the Spider-Man game were go to where my friend Eric works, who lives in New Jersey, but he works in Manhattan. I found the building that was r- roughly sh- his what should have been in the location of his building. It on the top part, it looked like his building, but the bottom was different. Um, but then I also found the bar that uh, Darth Jesus, Patrick Marin worked in. And that specifically, when you went to it, it was a bar and it looked generally like the outside of where he worked. But So it's almost like they took like Google Street View and they were like, let's approximate yeah, what all but, this looks like. But one of the things he pointed out was like the they, they didn't have enough peers on the side of Manhattan. So mm. they had obviously, you know, squished it down some. 
Because um, you got to make cuts somewhere. Yeah. And so I can't tell you if it's how accurate it is. All I can say is there was a moment where I came out of the subway in Piccadilly Circus and was literally looking across the street at a building I had sat in front of and fake panhandled in because I was a dumb American in, in London. And like, I literally was overcome with like the sense of like, I fucking have been there, but this is a fucking video game. Like it looked, it looked like I, I was like from memory. I was just like, instantly I was like, Oh my God, this is fucking and then, amazing. And then you got confused because you're like, this doesn't look anything like London, Canada. Right? <laughs> oh, so, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, I think this is it. it, it I, don't, I don't think we've ever talked about this before. I think I know what your answer is going to be, Poet, but do you guys prefer like video games that have a huge map with like lots of places to go? Or do you prefer like a smaller but more detailed map, depending on the game, I guess? It is dependent on the game because um, The Witcher 3 has a huge map. A huge map. And then the DLCs add even bigger maps. Jesus. Um, and um, but the thing is, is that that is a game that is... Um, I guess it comes down to density of, of, of gameplay and content. You know, like per, like per cubic feet, I guess. I want a certain amount of content in a certain amount of area, but I also want some areas to be for, this is a vista. Like when you come up to this area, you're like, you're meant to kind of take it all in and not be bombarded by content. So a well curated game is what I look for. Like, like I feel like the Morrowind games are pretty good about that kind of stuff. Like your oblivions and Skyrims are pretty decent at, you're going to have a good amount of content, but there's also enough room to kind of walk around and not be bombarded with it. Um, but there's other games where there's just just nothing. There's just, just it's pretty, but there's just nothing to do. There's just um, walking around, doing nothing. And yeah. I feel like it's just density of content is what decides how big a game's map should be. Uh, does this answer your question? I like GTA 5's map. I don't like GTA San Andreas's map. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just checking. Are they not the same map? No. Like, they're the same no, cities, they're right? Like, they're no. based they're loot yeah, they're they're loosely, loosely based in the same area, though San Andreas includes a Las Vegas and a San Francisco. And also whereas... like like wilderness. Yeah, it's like, yeah, in the like in-between area, whereas like Los Santos is really just uh, Does that LA. mean San Andreas is bigger than 5, or no? Way, way bigger? Way bigger. Is that why you don't like it as much, Jedi? Is it because there's less to do? I think, no, I just think that it, there was so much to do in San Andreas, and it just felt like so much of it was empty space in between the areas that it just felt tedious, Whereas I never felt that in San Andreas or uh, Los Santos. Like I just enjoy, like one of my favorite things is just to race the outside track of the interstate um, and just drive the interstate. You know, once I got that DeLorean, man, I would fly around that map all the time. It's my favorite. (laughs) It's my favorite way to go. I was at one point based on leaks on the internet I 100% believe that you are going to be able that 
the RDR online and the GTA online were going to be like essentially the same thing. And I was like, oh, I'll be able to fly my DeLorean back in time to RDR. <laughs> I was greatly disappointed that that was not, uh, that was not an ability. Um, Are there any games in particular that you think the map is just too fucking big? Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Weirdly, yes. uh, Marvel Avengers. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. um, They have, and that's what has shocked me, I think, the most, because one of the things... It's not a game that needs big maps, either. One of the things that I think I I wanted most when I was playing Spider-Man was the ability to fly around Manhattan with my friends. Now, maybe if we were given a single location such as Manhattan, it would be okay. Right. The problem, though, specifically with this, is that in considering the Avengers right now only has two characters who can fly, fly, once you fly, you completely, the, the people on the ground completely lose you. And so it it would be fine if we like you know the four of us are online playing in a Manhattan style game and you know I'm doing my thing and you're doing your thing and you know we're all doing separate things and just enjoying each other's company but like when you when you, you know like you're doing a focused event and you're in an environment where you say oh we got we got this destination marker which is the mission point but we got uh we got a bunch of question marks and those are where you're going to go get gear or fight people and get gear or do something and i'm on the right and you're on the left and the right one to me or the right group of question marks are closer than the left ones are but to you the left ones are closer than the right ones are and then we both go for the closest question mark because that's obvious little thing you're going to do and then halfway there you realize you've both gone to different question marks especially if one of you is flying and one of you is on the ground you see that's what i mean about well curated games you need you need to be able to focus especially in a co-op game yeah you need to be able to all know where you're going and it'd be a unified decision of where you're going and where that game shines is when you're inside buildings, when it's close quarters, when it's a like very, rooms, a very linear, the challenge rooms definitely, but like, even when it's like, so you have like a harm room, which is basically a giant box that has other boxes in it, either on the ground or in this coming down from the ceiling. And they provide, you know, obstacles to go around and take cover behind. And then you fight waves of enemies. It's like, you know, the danger room in the X-Men. It's fantastic and is a lot of fun. Um, But then they have missions where you're in, like, very close quarters. You're going down hallways and buildings. um, uh, And, like, like one of the the funnest fights are um, against Taskmaster because you're fighting a boss. And it takes place on the roof of a, or like a, like a helipad. And so you have a very closed environment. You're not going to go off the roof. You're not going to fly away. It's right there. But you have like the vista of the city behind you. So it looks cool. It feels cool. But it's self-contained. But it's very focused. It's very focused. And it allows you to have the fight while also having the ambiance. Whereas, like, when you're in the city or in, like, you know, an open environment, if you're one player, it's fine because I'm going to go here and all my Avengers are going to follow me. But, like, the moment you get 
two, three, four people, unless you're communicating right now, based on the UI, it's very hard to like be like, oh, all right, here's where everybody's at. Constantly, Feels like, like there should be like a sweet spot between like mm-hmm. Ultimate Alliance three and um, Avengers, and that's like the perfect Marvel game right there. Yeah, we're constantly like, where are you? Mm-hmm. And you Whereas like, in uh, the camera is so claustrophobic in a uh, friggin' uh, Ultimate Alliance three, I find the co-op in that game to be unplayable because of that. Because you're so locked in, and yeah. it's so hard to to. Uh, if you go off by yourself, you're basically off screen at that point. Yeah, I remember having some of that problem when we would play co-op on the Ultimate Alliance, for sure. Um, but back to Watch Dogs 3, and the reason why I said Billy's friend is because uh, this game is interesting to me. Because this game feels very much like a board game. It feels like uh, Hack and Spy, the board game. Because there's no central character. Uh, that you play as so there's there right. is a central storyline sure but there's no central character but you never play as the same character twice basically or you can no you can play as the same character a hundred times and in fact i played with one character so many times in-game dialogue actually came up was like hey you know you could you should use some of your other operatives so you don't wear yourself out uh you know, that's what being a team is about. And you can have up to 45 people on your team. I didn't know that till just the other does day. It, does it rhyme like that? Um, it Yeah, well, I'm a poet, motherfucker. And you know <laughs> it. So. Uh, but, so, I think a lot of people who would want a character to follow and a more nuanced story are will definitely not enjoy this game. <laughs> um, but, that being said... To me, this game has immense replayability because even though the storyline's still going to be the same and mm-hmm. you're still going to be like, okay, I got to go f- fix the borough of London. I got to go fix this borough. I got to go get this You can borough. go about it in different ways because you, all the protagonists are different. At, well, one, all the protagonists are different. Two, the way you're going to do it based on your protagonist, protagonist is different. Um, uh, three, the rewards you get. So like... When, so there are multiple ways that you get characters. Obviously, you can just find them in the open. You can Anybody in the game, you can eventually recruit to join your cause. Now, when you take over a borough, you're given a very specialized character. So a spy, a hitman, a hacker, a soccer hooligan, a, um, a driver. And, a six-year-old boy. Yes. What am I wait, doing here? Wait a minute. Um... But every time that you play that and do that, the character you roll is going to be different. Like in in the in the general population, they they're all different, random generalized gener, uh, generated characters with generated abilities. The spy, the hitman, those are all going to have the same abilities. But the actual NPC, if you will, or the the character is going to be a different person every time you play it. Okay. And and you you don't necessarily even need to play with those characters. They just have highly specific uh, abilities if you want to use those. Um, so what I found interesting is is just like so you're gonna come into places where like you can use a guard's uniform to get in there, or a guard and a doctor's un- uniform to get in there, or a doctor's uniform and a construction worker's uniform to get in there, or 
uh, a police officer or a um, Bobby uh, uniform will get you in different places. And so what happens is based on your proximity to a guard, if they wreck, if they see you, even though you're wearing the, the uniform, they're slower to be like, oh, that guy doesn't know me. But if you turn your back to them, then they're like, they're like, they, they, they're like, oh, he's just some guy who works here and he's on doing something. But if you keep walking and they're like, I don't really know you. Right. So like, so it adds that kind of like fun element and you can't just get a Bobby and then put the Bobby outfit on everybody. It forces you to then use that Bobby. So then like now you do, you look for Bobby that maybe has some hacking abilities or a cool gun or, you know what I mean? So there are all these different aspects on why do you recruit the characters you recruit? I just and, thought of a really dumb situation where you're like, I'm going to wear a disguise and sneak into this place. And it's just a doctor in the middle of a construction site. And be like, you're not supposed to be here. What are you saying? This is obviously a legitimate doctor's coat. Right. I am a doctor. Yeah, but you're not a construction worker. What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> um, but I'm what, clearly in disguise. What, what Billy's story triggered in my mind is like, I literally... Uh, found an NPC on the in the in the game, and I I looked at her bio, and you know it has all kinds of different things. It's like does this, does that. The very last one was criticizes superhero movies accuracy online. I was like, how can I not recruit this player? Um, my uh, my homeboy Micah, he ends up picking up the game, and he halfway through. I've realized has only been recruiting characters based solely on if they have a double decker bus or not. So now I just envision <laughs> him taking over London with the uh, flight of the Valkyries music playing as his double decker bus exit comes in with all these soccer hooligans and spies coming out of it. You can't take me on. I have an army of double deckers on the way. Exactly. So, just imagine him at the end of that game, and he's like fighting the final boss, and this Avengers in-game moment happens where all the portals open behind him, and double decker buses just buses. start driving through. Be fantastic. Um. So, I, I, it's the game has been a lot of fun. I haven't got through the story. I'm halfway through the story. Um, the game has been fun because it's such a it's a puzzle game in a way that like I haven't really got to play before. Um, and so I've just, I've it's, I, it's been a lot of fun and I think the replay for me is going to, is going to be there just because of the randomness of it. Like, like I was, I had to go destroy something in a building. And so I was going to, uh, get, a guard, uh, like I, I have a guy that has a guard uniform that'll get me in the building. And I was about to go transfer to him so I could begin figuring out how to do it with him. When I realized <clears throat> I could see one of the cameras, so I just was like, well, let me check out the, you know, the cameras in the building. And so like, it took me a minute to bounce around the building and find the camera that showed me where the, um, thing was I needed to destroy and it was in the basement of this building so I would have had to like really like like sneak my way around um to get there 
Um, but I, I popped another camera angle that was outside of the room where the item was I needed to destroy. And I realized that there were, uh, there was a car, there was like cars in this. It was like some kind of like, uh, uh, um, uh, like factory was building the like police cars, right? Or the guard, the military guards cars. And I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, I think that door's big enough. I could drive the truck in there. And so I literally spent like 10 minutes trying to drive this truck into this building, into this doorway to destroy this thing. And, and when I did that shit, it was fucking fantastic. I couldn't believe it because you don't like, it's not like driving a car, uh, where you can just, you know, like, all right, turn here perfectly to go through the door. Like I only could go forward, backward, left or right. So you had to go forward and then time the right or the left to go in the door. And I timed it wrong. So instead of going into the door, I banged into the, the corner of the door. Right. So then like I back up and I tried to go left and I get pinned between the wall and the file cabinet. And I, hammer it and I finally just hammered a bunch of buttons and man that thing shot forward and slammed into that thing and I was like <laughs> I was I, yep that's exactly how I designed it and finished the mission and I was like I and I like that was not the way I had intended to go about doing it but just on that humbug I figured out out that way to do it in that situation so now the next time when I go do that I'll do it a totally different way because I won't remember that's how I did that particular mission at that time. Because I won't think about it. Just be like, oh, I'll go over and be like, oh, I need to get in this building. Oh, I need a guard uniform. Let me use the guard. And I'll walk in there, the guard, and I'll, and I'll do right. the cloak thing. And um, and so I, I've been surprised at, any one, why I was interested in this game, and then, two, how much fun I've actually had playing the game. Also... If I play it long enough, I'll be able to recruit one of my favorite rappers in the UK in the game, and that was a pleasant surprise to me. Is he just straight up in the game, like as himself? Yeah, as himself. You <laughs> you help him get his music out. He has a music video that ties in and is, uses like game footage. I guess I haven't looked at it yet. Um, okay. And like throughout the city, I'll occasionally see posters with his face talking about. He's a dissident for his hate speech. Because basically this game's about uh, uh, a, um, you are a, 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 uh, like a hacking spy agency that's blamed for a bunch of uh, destruction in, um, in London. And, and because of that destruction, a paramilitary organization now uh, has control of London. And so you're raising London up to overthrow them. You see, I was wondering what the hell that game was about, because I'm like, why is London a police state? Is this the far future? But if, yeah, yeah. So if there's some kind of disaster that happened, that would make more sense. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you. so the beginning of the game, you play as your James Bond-like character, Tuxedo, um, and you go in and you basically uh, prevent them from bro blowing up Parliament. Okay. Um, and of course, this is uh, uh, you stopping them blowing up par Parliament activates bombs across the city, and those bombs are blown up and you're gunned down. 
You see, I was going to make a joke earlier where uh, you were going to have like a similar Ubisoft like main character start the game for the first five minutes. Is like they killed my wife. I'm on the run, and I got, and then he immediately just gets shot down, and it'd be like, nope, we're not doing that. Also, there's no protagonist. You're everybody now. You're all of London. That's literally what the they did. The world is the protagonist. The world's the limit if you're um, in London. So uh, so it's been a weird game. It very much feels like I could see this game as a board game. where like, And it'll be interesting to see what the co-op is like. Because my friend bought it thinking he was going to surprise me and pop up in my game. And 95% of the way through the download, he realized that the online doesn't come out till December. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. That's it, so stupid. It was fantastic. That feels like a game that's designed to just have co-op in it. Yeah, no. It to- I, and I don't know how it'll work. I don't know if it's just like a true... Because I think that would be fascinating. If you get four people to play that game and be like, alright, you two take out the top half of the city. We'll work on the bottom half of the city. And then like you just go around recruiting your squad and taking back the boroughs and then starting the main storyline and doing that stuff, I think would be really um, fun. Uh, the What's so interesting about the game is that one, like I'm playing it on just regular. Um, they have a permadeath version that I'm looking forward to playing because one of the things that they have are like these, these abilities, right? So if you recruit a nurse or a doctor or a surgeon, um, they might come with the triage ability and the triage ability is they may just cut people from your team who are too injured. Um, so then you have like, then you have people who give you clothing discounts or you earn more money as you play the game, like for your thing, or when they take somebody down in a fight, they steal money or their hacks steal money. Um, but then you have these like really weird ones where like people are frail, um, so they can't sprint or take cover or they take more damage or they're doomed and they're going to die spontaneously or they have a death wish and will most likely die. Um, uh, but then you have ones where they like, uh, they have hiccups or they're flatulent and they'll, uh, al- which means they'll alert enemies. So you'll just be playing <laughs> And your character will fart and the people will be like, what the fuck? And they'll start to come <laughs> investigate you and you might get into a gunfight because your dumbass farted. Like that very much feels like a board to game to guards, me. But my like, ass cheeks clap. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like Puma rolls. All right, I'm going to go to Westminster and you land on, oh, I landed on community chest. Farts alert guards. Oh no. <laughs> Ends up in jail. You know what I mean? Oh, um, yeah. but, uh, uh, I am going to have to wrap it up soon, guys. Uh, you motherfucker. You, the wife is the texting. second week in a row you have done this to me. Um, Real quick, though. Uh, <laughs> We've only talked for two hours. <laughs> but, but, but real quick, because I think this is the reason you guys might be interested to get the game. Uh, because they have a Fight Club-esque uh, part of the game. Um, uh uh, you can this send is like Project Mayhem a little bit. Yeah, uh, so you can do bare knuckle brawling, right? But you can send anybody in there, so <laughs> so you can just recruit the old lady. You can the put old in there lady and, say, and just, show you and just send her in a fight club and have her whoop the shit out of people or get killed. It could be very tragic if you're playing on permadeath. That's how we did grandma. it in the depression. It is. All right. Well, since Billy's got to go, I guess we're gonna end it.
We're if I you guys want to come back, you guys are always more than welcome. Uh, I obviously don't want these t- conversations to end, but Billy is a ruiner of my life. <laughs> we'll talk again, Paul. And he tries I, to I really blame it on Liz. Yes, agreed. All right. I, I just I think it's funny that like you try to frame it as like ah uh, you've got a family that loves you and wants <laughs> wants to hang out with you. What a Disgusting. loser! Uh, Ruining my I, life. I Why do, do you got to ruin my life with your life, Billy? You're dating well, Tyra Banks or whatever. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> well, it is funny that we talk about uh, people listening. I think if people listen to this show, they would think I hate Billy. <laughs> if you Sometimes guys don't I think know, you hate me. I don't, Billy. I love you. You know that. If you listen to our Let's Plays, it sounds like we hate each other. <laughs> well, no, when you were talking earlier about how he doesn't want to answer or, like, comment on stuff, I was thinking, like, yeah, that's how it is when you, you know, doing something with uh, with somebody else. You kind of have to work. Because there are times where I'm like, wouldn't it be fun to do an episode about this? And he's like, I'm a pass on that. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's going to be a hey. no from me, dog. Hey, we tried to watch wrestling, and I tapped out what fifteen oh, minutes God, in. How long? Was, how it, was, it was. Not, I don't know if I gave it even the college try. It was tough. It was awesome too. It was <laughs> such a good. It started off with a great match, and the one of them was dressed like Thanos, That's and that true. wasn't enough. It wasn't <laughs> because the next one was so boring. Damn! I made a joke the other day when we were talking about wrestling, and Tim asked me a question. I was like. I don't know. Billy's not right here. I can't ask him. <laughs> if Billy was here, he'd know everything about it. True story. He would. I don't know about that. Don't put that pressure on me. <laughs> All right. I'm Poet. I'm Billy. I'm Mikey. Egon. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night. This is the outro, this is the outro, this is the outro for the Poet and Billy podcast extravaganza. Oh no, it was you the whole time? No!